Here we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, February the 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be taking a look at the last lecture that CFW Walther gave to the seminary students. It's lecture number 39. He gave that on November the 6th, 1885. And it also includes the last thesis that Walther is talking about. And we'll take a look at thesis 25. But as is his custom, he likes to begin with a kind of an introduction. And here's what he says. There is not a single profession or calling that has been scorned and hated as deeply as that of theologians or teachers of religion. That's the point he's making to the seminarians. Be prepared to be persecuted. And the hate comes about not so much because of what is taught, but often by the actions of, say, a pastor. He says, there are many in religion who misuse their sacred office, their greed of money and glory, their love of control. And instead of preaching the pure gospel, they proclaim the very opposite, and spread lies and errors. Thus, they have given the world offense, terrible beyond words. God forbid. Now, our all-knowing God has adopted, though, this order of administering the sacred office. He decided not to use holy angels who did not fall from their holy estate, but he decided to use fallen men who are subject to sin. And may God keep us from taking offense at this arrangement. Instead, we are to adore God for having made admirable provision that his church shall not be overcome by hell, despite the fact that it is served often by such poor and shameful pastors. So this is a warning to the seminary students in Walther's last lecture. And he's got plenty of experience about those pastors. Remember, Lutherans left Prussia because they were forced to worship with those who did not agree with the Bible. So, the Son of God encourages these seminarians, the one who hears you, hears me, and the one who rejects you, rejects me, and the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. I kind of talked about that yesterday on the Sunday School lesson. And that was, of course, of Saul becoming the first king that the people wanted. 
But God said to Moses, he was their king, namely God. And therefore, they were not rejecting those people who were against the king. They were rejecting God himself. And that's what Samuel heard from the Lord. So, what applies to all true pastors is they are not appointed for the present time, not only at their birth, but they also have been appointed by God from eternity to be his helpers for saving those who are entrusted to him. Walter also makes a point that no vocation has been given more glorious promises than teachers of the gospel and pastors of the word of God. And that's really true. As a pastor, we get all kinds of assurances that it doesn't matter what the people of God say when they hear their sermon, the church will go on. So with that introduction, Walter wants to take up the final thesis in this series, which discusses the distinction between law and gospel and the mingling of these two doctrines. And in taking a look at this thesis, he says we will consider the chief and primary requirement of true teachers in the Christian faith. So let's move on to thesis 25. You are not rightly distinguishing law and gospel in the word of God if you do not allow the gospel to predominate in your teaching. In early Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod literature, it always spoke of a willingness for the teachers and preachers to die for the truth revealed in God's word. Yet this willingness does not arise from the fact that God's word is true. Rather, it comes from the fundamental principle that God's word is saving truth because the stakes are eternal life and death. Now, the gospel will predominate entirely in the next world after Judgment Day, but it also needs to predominate in the teaching and preaching of Christians. Walther says that this thesis tells that law and gospel are mingled and corrupted when the law predominates in a sermon. For this is also true when law and gospel, as a rule, are equally balanced and the gospel does not predominate in a sermon. Early in my ministry, Dr. Martin Charlemagne a professor at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis, and member of the church, did indicate to me that there was somewhat of a predomination of the law when I concluded a sermon. 
the way he told it to me was, you're fine when you're doing the sermon. You do speak a lot about the gospel. But at the end of the sermon, in your last statement, you'll often use either something in French or a salad ending. Now, I didn't know what he was talking about until he explained it. And he said, many times in the sermon, you will end with the salad ending, let us, or the French ending, may we. And you put us back under the law, like let us do good works, or let us give more to the church. Now, there's no doubt that the substance of the sermon is because of our love for Jesus Christ for what he has done for us. But to end on a French or salad ending somewhat gives predomination to the law. And so I always end my sermons with a gospel statement. Remember the first preacher who spoke immediately after Christ was born gives us proof of this claim that the gospel needs to predominate. Who was the first preacher? What did he preach to the shepherds? We don't find the slightest bit of the law. Fear not, I proclaim to you great joy. That will be to all people. And then he's joined by the heavenly host. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to people of goodwill. Again, we hear, Walther says, nothing but a pleasant message of joy. There is no good work that a person needs to do of his own will to be saved. What God requires is that we humans are pleased with his arrangement for our salvation. And we take comfort and rejoice in this infant who was born to die. True. There's no doubt we have to preach the the law, but only as a preparation for the gospel. Mark 16. Go into all the world, Jesus says, and proclaim the gospel to the creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So Jesus tells us to go into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. The very word gospel makes it clear that the message is to be a message of joy. And that joy, namely the gospel, consists of the promises that come to us because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why Christians who are near death can have a joy in their heart that soon they will be with the Lord in the Spirit and also will, with their bodies, be rejoined on the day of of judgment. In fact, Jesus said, 
whoever does not believe will be condemned. That actually is a wonderful word, Walther says, because he doesn't say whoever has sinned much over a long period of time will be condemned. He states that unbelief is the only reason for condemnation. No matter what a person's character is, no matter how badly you have sinned, nothing in your past can condemn you. But if you refuse to believe the words, the message of Jesus, then you condemn yourself. When the Lord terrifies people with hell, he does it for one purpose, Walter says, and that's to bring people to heaven. So he does that to urge people to accept his gracious gracious message. And therefore, it's a good news message. If preachers were to preach nothing but the gospel, that is, only the doctrine by which they were to save their fellow human beings, it is necessary that the law precede the gospel so people recognize that though they are steeped in self-righteousness, in sins, in vices, in carnal security, in bad thoughts, they first need to repent of their stony hearts. But that work of the law is merely preparatory work. It's not the real doctrine of the new covenant. In fact, the Bible says the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, we are not sufficient in ourselves to claim anything in the sense of our good works meriting our way to heaven. Our sufficiency is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. As the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And the letter is the law of God. A New Testament preacher is really carrying out an alien function when he preaches the law. But like a doctor giving you a bad diagnosis, it's still necessary so that you will receive. Therefore, those who say the law of the gospel is a contradiction in terms Jesus Christ was the essence and substance of Paul's entire preaching, the golden thread that ran through all his sermons. In 1 Corinthians 15:3, Paul writes, I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. The apostle says of first importance, all other matters are subordinate to his primary task in preaching the gospel concerning Christ. 
You are not to stand in your pulpit with a sad face as if you were asking people to come to a funeral, but like men who are announcing a wedding or conducting it, there is joy in the world. Now, it's true that if you take a look at the book of Jonah, he was not very joyous in talking to the Ninevites about salvation. But God still used his words. So the word of God can have an effect. But if the pastor is not joyous over the good news of the gospel, it's difficult for people to have that joy. He then makes a statement that I really agree with. It is not enough for a pastor to be aware of the correct teaching and has the ability to present pure doctrine correctly. Now, these are indeed important matters. However, no one will benefit from them if you mingle law and gospel. So, we've talked about this. Luke chapter 10, with the parable of the lost sheep. I'm sorry, that's Luke 15. If a pastor says, the parable of the lost sheep is now about you going out to find people, bring them to church and save them, he has mingled law with gospel. Because the parable is about Jesus going out to save you. So, the Bible is clear. We are not to be like, and the German word used here is schwärmerei, which is fanatics, because they don't teach the gospel properly. And by the way, that German word comes from the violent image of a person driven by a swarm of bees. Then Walter quotes the Book of Concord, the Confessions of the Lutheran Church, talking about the gospel as a matter of primary importance. Our churches teach that people cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works. People are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith. And then he quotes from Martin Luther. In my heart there reigns and will ever reign this one article, namely faith in my dear Lord Jesus Christ. This alone is the beginning, middle, and end of all spiritual and godly thoughts that I may have at any time, day or night. Pastors truly are not all alike. Occasionally, some have a legalistic tendency, which does great harm to their own soul and those of their listeners. Some do not carry out their office with genuine cheerfulness and do not make their people cheerful results. But if you preach the gospel predominantly, you need not fear that your people will leave your church 
for some spiritual snake oil salesmen. What Walter was referring to is in the 19th century, quacks would be selling false cures off the back of their wagons at the farmer's market. You may have seen that in certain movies. Luther also says, For though some talk about Christ and manage to speak words that he is the Son of God, that he has redeemed us, they never learn by their own experience how a person receives him, uses him, seeks him, finds him, and holds fast to him. That's because they rarely promote the doctrine. Now, Walter says to the preachers who step out of the pulpit with having preached the gospel predominantly, is that some poor sinner who may have come to church for the first time and the last time may not be saved because he hasn't heard the great good news. And if people were to say that my preaching prevents people from doing good works, Paul says, no, in preaching the gospel where you are freely saved, it really does the opposite because you are preaching the very thing that alone can change hearts so that they will do good works. And those good works are done not because they need to get to heaven, but instead because Christ is taking them to heaven. He talks about the ascension. He says Christ does not mean when he has left us to rear lazy and sluggish Christians who say, we will now live according to our pleasure, not doing good works, remaining sinners, and following sin like captive slaves. People who talk in this way do not have a right understanding of the preaching of faith. And is that true in our world today, with many of them living lifestyles of immorality and thinking that God condones that? He says, we ought not spend too much time on the preaching of the law because the gospel needs to follow immediately. Uh, when the law has made the iron red hot, immediately the gospel needs to be proclaimed in order to shape the iron into its proper form. Because once the iron has cooled, you can do nothing with it. That's a great analogy that Walther is using. So, the Lord gives to us a second rule. He says, you will recognize by their fruits. Now, many people think that that means by your good works. But he uses the Bible to show in John 640 what is the fruit and will of the Father. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son 
and believes in him should have eternal life. So the proper point of the preacher, as Walther ends his lectures, is that they diligently proclaim this will of God to the people. In Deuteronomy, Moses says, there's another prophet coming after me who is like you brothers, a human being, and he will proclaim the will of God as God says it. The final thought, whoever engaged in this preaching of the pure gospel and directs people to Christ, the only mediator between God and people, he as a preacher is doing the will of God. And we pray that also occurs with parents in bringing up their children. That's Walther's wonderful lectures on tomorrow's Law and Gospel with Wes Reimnitz. We'll be talking about a situation in the Roman Catholic Church among nuns. Join us to hear a shocking story. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.